Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode. This episode is just going to be a bit shorter than usual. We're just talking about like... Unusual. Unusual. Than usual. Stop. <laughs> We're literally just going to be reviewing poor things. Um, Just on its own by itself. We're just going to give our thoughts. This will be spoiler free. So there's going to be no spoilers. Um, We're just going to say what we liked about it and... Um, why we think maybe you should go see it because we did really enjoy this film. Um, we're not too sure exactly what to call these bits. We were thinking like just bite-sized episodes, but you wanted to call them the snack bar. Oh, it just one came to me there. What? Potato chunks. Potato chunks. Yeah, so there's like a little chunk. That's so good. Yay. Potato chunk. Okay, this is our potato chunk. <laughs> our first potato chunk. So yeah, we're literally just going to give a little review of Poor Things. So Poor Things came out um, this year. Yeah, it was this year, wasn't it? Yeah, probably yeah. in places in the last year, but yeah. it came out here this year. <laughs> this year. And um, it is about Bella. Two hours long. It, it's two hours long. It did, yeah, the, like it felt long, but not like two twenty. Yeah, but it didn't feel. Doesn't drag. It like, doesn't drag. No. Like some other stuff would. Yeah, um, but it's basically about you. Ha- you have we follow this young woman, this character, um, played by Emma Stone. Her name is Bella Bella Baxter, and she has been kind of reanimated, kind of brought back to life. By um, Willem Dafoe's character, Dr. Godwin Dr. Baxter. Yeah. So it's kind of like a, a bit of a riff on Frankenstein in a way. It is. Yeah. Like I think that, but that to me is probably the only thing that I could kind of link to Frankenstein. Like it is Frankenstein-y, yeah. like with the anatomy type of thing, side of things mm. and the fact that he's a doctor and stuff. But after that, we kind of move away from that, and it's more about her life and her kind of growing up. It's like it's like a coming of age, but not like your typical not, coming yeah. of age. Yeah. Um. I obviously, like, oh, high school is so hard. Obviously, we can't go into the specifics. Like, you, you kind of have to go see it to know what happens. Mm. Um. Why she was reanimated, things like that. Um. But straight off of the bat, that when we like went to see it. It is just so bizarre. It's so weird. And I think that might be off-putting to some people. But really stick with it. Really stay for, you know, for it. And just enjoy it. Like, it is It is very well done. It's very well, good. If the particular style of it puts you off and you're going to, like, not watch it, you're just missing out on some of the best performances from everybody. There's no bad. So, we also have Mark Ruffalo in this um, probably one of his best performances I've mm. seen. It's so good. Like obviously Willem Dafoe, Emma Stone are doing great job here. Willem we, Dafoe is never gonna let you down. He really is never gonna let you down. No. We also have another actor called Rami Yosef, who I'm not really familiar with, although he looks familiar. I probably have to look into him more, but he's in this too and like he's just kind of a young doctor and even he's very good. And yeah. I just think, and everyone else who turns up, like I don't want to get into all of the other people that are in it, but they're all, they're all well cast and very strange and just, yeah, it's just very good. Yeah. So when, um, we went to see it in the Lighthouse Cinema 
and we saw it in 35 millimeter 35 mil yeah so um i highly recommend going to see it on film if you can it suits this film beautifully like really good because one of the things I didn't realise about this film and I think is important to know, it's not a spoiler or anything, it just might, um, if you're on the fence maybe about going to see it, um, is that it's sort of whimsical and fantasy-like. Now, it's under the genres of science fiction and stuff, but I would, while I do think it's science fiction-y because of the anatomy side of things... There is a bit of steampunk kind of elements, but I think more it's more leaning on the fantasy side. Yeah. Do you it, think? Yeah, it's very like we spoke about it on the way home from it and everything. It's reminds you of the the French films like Amelie. Yeah, like that's and, that was the one thing when we were watching it. I said to Steve, like this is reminding me of a film, a particular film that I couldn't think of the name of and I kept saying it was like Knickknacks or something. Yeah, but <laughs> but it's no, it's Micmacs. So Micmacs was a film I seen years ago. It was on Film 4 late at night and I remember watching it and it was so bizarre and so weird. And um, I thought of Amelie as well. Now, Amelie is weird, but definitely Micmacs is like a, an, a step up. It's like weird. it's a whole different kind of weird, but they're by the same um creator, the same guy. What's his name? Jean uh, Jean Pierre Genet. Jean Pierre Genet. Yeah, is that right? Jean Pierre Genet. So he's French. His films combine fantasy, hey. realism, and science fiction. His birthday the same day as mine. Oh my god, his birthday is the same day as yours. He's seventy now. My god, I'm not seventy. Um. I just, he has done other films as well. And I, I said to Steve too, it was very like the City of Lost Children. I remember when we watched that. You were, you knew about that. You kind of. City of Lost Children, yeah. Uh, you told me about it and we watched it. And Ron Perlman is in that. And mm. he's really young and it's it's a really good film. Um, He has done, what is it? Deli- Delicus. Delicatessen. Delicatessen, which I haven't seen and would like to see. I think I have that there somewhere. Yeah, and um, basically just that kind of style is very like Poor Things. It's very, it reminded us very like it, but I will say Poor Things is very colourful. It's like got that little bit more colour yeah. um, or something about it. This was also our first film that we've watched by Yargos. Yargos well, it's the second one. Oh wait, have well, you seen I, one? Yeah, I watched the favorite. That's the one with um. Oh, you were on the plane when you watched that. Well, yeah, on the plane, so I can't, I can't really count it. No, because I, the thing about yeah. when you're watching a film on a plane is, well, first of all, you're not really paying attention. Second of all, they cut bits out. Yeah, I'm so, pretty sure there was stuff cut out. Of it. Yeah, um, we, I really want to watch the favorite, and we have one, Olivia Coleman won the Oscar for the favorite. Yes, and he also made the killing of a sacred deer and the lobster. And just, yeah, just Dog Tooth, which I want to see. I think that's the Greek language one. So very strange, but very interesting films. Yeah. Um, This one, I think, is just very, it leans very on the fantasy side of things. But the sets and everything were so beautiful. I was like instantly, like just, I instantly loved them. And I wanted to know more about them because I knew... They were inter- interacting too much with the sets. So I was like, this has to be set design. 
They have to have yeah. made these sets. They're so beautiful. And I think um, it's not really spoilers or anything. Um, what I'm about to tell you, just a little bit about the, the sets. I think it's it's good to know so that it, it gives you a, gives you a bit of, um, what's the word, to, to want to watch it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. There's a word there. There is a word there. Why aren't you thinking of it? <laughs> I don't know. Fuck's sake, Steve. Anyway, um, at one point they're in Liz. Is it Libson? Lisbon. Libs. Lisbon. Lisbon. Why is it co- spelled Libson? It's not. It's spelled Lisbon. No, it's Liz. L I S B O N. They've spelled it wrong in this. Who spelled it wrong? They spelled it wrong in this article. Oh, I see it there. Yeah. No, yeah. It's so that wasn't my fault. I am. Yeah. Okay. So they have made a set for it, and um, I found an article on the arch archaeol the ar- architectural architectural digest. Is that right? Architectural. 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 You're like her, just learning things for the first time. I really am. I, yeah. Look, <laughs> we all... I Look, I've never... Why would I ever have to say that word? Architectural. Why would you not ever say have to say architectural? When, when? Tell me when. Is there a situation that I would ever have to say it? Uh, when we were in Prague, you went to St. Vitus Cathedral. You'd be like, oh, look at the architectural work on this cathedral. Yeah, because that's it's exactly so the way I talk. No, okay. Anyway, look, the Lisbon set was all a set. Um, like it looked absolutely stunning. The yeah. Paris was all a set. Inside there, the house, that house was all a set, and it was all joined so that they could walk through it. And that was one of the things you really noticed well, like about a normal it. house, like like a normal house that you can walk through. You shut up, <laughs> Steve. All right. Everyone knows what I mean. All right, because like there just be sets that are single sets. All yeah, right. I know how it works. And that you can't walk through them and they're not real. Okay? But this was all real. Why are you laughing? <laughs> you really are just discovering things for the first time. Well, how am I discovering? <laughs> Steve, the amount of films we have watched that location-wise, it has just been <sighs> the worst location and it's just in one room or in a field or some shite. Or CGI. All right? Like in a field, like in a, uh, like a field in England. That film. <sighs> anyway, I just really loved the sets, okay? Yeah. And they're really weird. They're not like normal sets. Mm. Um, so I'm just going to read a little bit about the the Lisbon set, right? They said it was particularly ambitious with a 170 foot long and 60 foot high scenic backdrop painted by hand. Now, no. would you have painted that by hand? Probably Steve? would. Uh, once the structures were erected, the cobblestone streets were painted with a yellow brick pattern throughout. So, like, as you're watching the film, you can look out for all of these, like, bits because they're absolutely stunning and beautiful. So, inside of the house um, that the doctor, like, owns, Willem Dafoe, um, one of the um, directives from our brief was to light the sets using practical lighting because the director didn't want the film lights in the set pinning him in or causing fuss with the fluidity of how him and the cinematographer Robbie Ryan were going to shoot um you really notice this because like they don't they move around so much the camera is always kind of 
going around. I don't know if you noticed that either. It's kind of following them. You never... It's never like edit. Here's the shot here and now we're edited to the other side of it. Yes. It's like we it's can not just done move like the that. camera to the other we side. We can just move it over here and back. And I think that really helps with you forgetting that it's a film mm. because you're just kind of following these people. Yeah, it's interesting. It was very well done. And then they just say here, even though the Paris set is cold, the snowy, um, the snow definitely has a soft edge to it. The trees are all painted red around the square in Pan- Paris to represent the inside of lungs and veins. So that, like the Paris set was so lovely because it was just kind of white and then you have the architecture and buildings and then you have these really kind of red, pinkish trees. It was just a really lovely contrast. And like they didn't go to Paris. They made a Paris set. Like that's just, all of this was set and it's just really cool. And even just within the house, they say through the film, sorry, though the film is set in the 19th century, the set design didn't exclusively use materials and styles from that period. So it's kind of a mishmash of like, all different styles and things um, because it is kind of yeah oldie that's where the science fiction part comes from yes yeah like it is kind of oldie but they're still also very kind of modern things at times it's like a, a modern retro yeah and it's just very good and um, yeah I don't want to talk too much because obviously it's best that you watch the film yourself and see these sets for yourself Um but I just want to say the um pro- the production designers um James Price he was also Paddington 2's art director. Mm. I love Paddington's obviously Paddington Two look like they do have a kind of a a look to them, don't they? Yeah. I mean they don't go as crazy as this film, but you would kind of say, oh yeah, that is a bit similar. Or you, you would be there like hmm. Give me the guy who did Paddington Two. <laughs> and in production, another production dies. Designer, sorry, was Shona um, Heath, who worked with Tim Walker. So Tim Walker is a photographer. And if you've actually seen his work, you will know it's just it's bizarre and strange. Um, so the fact that she has worked with him in the past is definitely adding to how it looks. The other thing I found out, right, was um, to create a fantastical word that was a throwback to the old school style of Michael Powell and Emmerich Pressenberg's, I'm sorry if these names are wrong, Black Narcissus, right? So Black Narcissus is this like um, old movie from, is it the 1947? Now, if you look at images of this this movie, it looks so cool. And the the kind of backdrops it has and stuff, is it really does remind of, you of it. It's the matte painting. It's the whimsically painting, kind of renaissance-y style that it has. Mm. It's very interesting, isn't it? So we have to watch this film. But the, the, yeah, the poor things as well also gives you that German like, German expressionism yes. type of thing like if you were watching Nosferatu or yeah. Dr. Caligari definitely that whole kind of painted sets or yeah and then the camera work is also and... really weird as well it's like sometimes it's really heavily vignetted and other times it's like kind of I think he used a kind of a fisheye lens or something mm. it was it was very wide lenses at times it was just really interesting and really good and um, they also say here that 
they used painted backdrops but also they used rear screen projection which is basically led screens um there is photos of them with the like led screen in the background it's very interesting i know the mandalorian series done this and it looks yeah it looks so good compared to cgi like when people cgi in backgrounds i think it's very noticeable and it can be really annoying and jarring um but the led screens they're, they're so good they really help um with a lot of the imagery because when there is there is a scene in this in poor things it's not really a spider or anything but they're on a boat and like the backdrop of that is just stunning it's like really good isn't it yeah. it's like um just all the clouds all the scenery it's just it's just it is amazing why did you laugh at that what? <laughs> I forgot what you said. What, what part did I laugh at? Ah, uh, because I was saying about them being on a boat. Oh no, wasn't that? Oh yeah, I was like, oh, this isn't a spoiler. Like, how many times have you said that already? Now, this isn't a spoiler, but this happens. I haven't said it that many <laughs> times. At the beginning, it's like there's no spoilers. So it's like uh, this isn't really a spoiler. <laughs> yeah, but it's not though. All right. It's Thank, a, it's thanks a, everybody for coming along to Ash reading Architectural Digest for the last fifteen no, minutes. No, this was this that last few bits was from IndieWire. <laughs> okay, and these this is exactly the kind of shit that I would love to know before I went to see a film. So fuck well, you. Yeah, but you're the one that goes like, oh, I want to know nothing about it when I yeah, go in. Yeah, but there's, there's, so this is for want... people that the, this is for people who, um, <laughs> you know, are not sure if they want to go see it or not, or if they need that incentive. I'll, I'll tell incentive. You. There's the word. Yeah. They need a bit of incentive to Do go you know see it. What's the only incentive anyone needs to go see? Are this? we supposed to sit down here and say nothing about the film? Like, what was your idea? I'm going to tell you now. Okay. The only incentive you need to go see it in the opening part where she's hammering on a piano, it's like. Um, Tom Green and Freddie Got Fingered where he's playing Daddy would you like some, some sausage? Daddy would you like, like some, some sausages? sausages? So go see it for that. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. only spend five minutes and you'll see it. That is very good. <laughs> but the worst thing though about it now is because it looks so good and everything and it was like proper sets and filmed on film yes. that the next time we see it and probably will forever see it will be on streaming or on Blu-ray and it's just going to be digital yeah and it's and not, not going to look as good, good. Yeah, no, exactly, no, no. So. that is sad yeah. now I will say it's not devoid of any criticism either there is some things that were a bit like mm, I don't know and w- one of the things I think to warn people is it's very graphic but not violently graphic more graphic in another way mm. and um, there is a lot of discourse over this um, since the movie has come out whether it was too much whether it was gratuitous whether it shouldn't have been in it whether just, all the complaining fucking Gen Z are doing about Oppenheimer are not going to fucking like this one no no that's kind of yeah that's kind of the complaints but obviously we can't go in depth about it because we will be spoiling quite a lot but um, yeah like I think ready yourself for it, but also there is a lot of it, but it's kind of, I, I don't know if it's it's more in a positive way. It's not it's not so much of a negative, terribly negative. It's the argument of, oh, is it needed? Does it do anything for the story? And like, yeah, it does. It's it's her story and her experiences. So yeah, yeah, it's needed. You know, get over it. But I think, no. No, don't just get over Sorry, it. Sorry, get people under People are allowed, allowed to have an opinion. But the other thing that people were upset with was, and I don't know if this would be considered a spoiler, 
I kind of want to say it though at the same time. Get ready, cut this out in case it is a spoiler. Um, well, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Maybe if you don't really, really don't want to know this part, maybe don't. But basically, she is growing up. That's the the story you're following her as she kind of grows up. But um, while we are showing all of that, we never actually show her getting her period, and that was a big thing for a lot of um women who are watching the film because she is a woman like in this and she kind of she's doing womanly things you know what i mean but one of the things that was never shown was her getting her period and then people were wondering is that because this is a man's view on a woman growing up like is that yeah, well, yeah, when, no, when you... no one know about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. Um, that's the thing. So I think if you go and you watch it, like maybe think about those things as you watch it. But also for me personally, um, I didn't mind it so much because I thought there was enough of everything else kind of going on. Would I have liked that in, to be included? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if if like we could redo it and just to add that in, that would be great. But at the same time, I had a great time watching this. Um, it's very, it, it wasn't as, it's dark, but it wasn't as dark as I thought it was going to be. It was funny at times. It was just so beautiful to look at. There was all of the design and the practical effects were incredible. But then there was some CGI that even that worked because... I think the film, it being on film also helped it but, look outrageous and yeah, it was with, just good. I don't know, it just worked. Or even with certain CGI things in it, because it's just such a yeah a crazy out there kind of concept, mm-hmm. you know, it works too. And then, of course, the characters and the acting just really, like, yeah, just all of this, it did it for me. And I can absolutely, of course, also see the criticisms that some people would have in regards to it maybe not fully being a feminist film like uh, yeah but i i also wasn't going into it for that either if that makes sense yeah so yeah look it's not everything can be criticized of course but i do think if you are wanting to watch this and if you like the sound of it and how it looks especially and everything like that i think you'll have a really good time and especially if you like that director we mentioned who did amelie and Mick Max or any of that kind of weird wonder wonderful in the well wouldn't really count that it's, huh. you wouldn't count you wouldn't say alien resurrection looks like poor things <laughs> no I'm trying to can you think of any other films actually uh, that well, it's actually, like alien resurrection does okay as the name suggests stop I don't have any opinion on this because I, I it was so long ago since I seen it because Ripley is is cloned and resurrected oh, oh my god Steve well done just spoil that on everyone. There's no cloning in this one. I'm just saying. No, you're spoiling Alien Resurrection. What are you talking about? Alien Resurrection's old. Come on. Right. Well, spoiling okay, everyone. Cut that bit out then. Well, now what are you gonna say? I don't know. I'm gonna say, uh, even though, like you said, there it was like a, a a male view. That's why it was like she didn't have a period. But it's also technically not right either. That's just from the male view because at no point does she do any cooking. Steve. Could you have given any worse of a god? Look at how high I peaked. <laughs> I peaked the audio so high. Okay, I'm I'm done with you. I have given everything here, and you've given nothing. What have you given? Uh, I gave uh, Daddy. Would you like some sausage? You did. Okay, you uh, gave that. 
are cooking. Uh, spoiler for Alien okay, Resurrection. Do you know what we'll do to end this? Do you have any comparisons? Like, do you have any film that you think people may have seen and might enjoy that is that is like it? Um, it's very hard, though, isn't it? Because it is so weird. Yeah, but in a way, it's it's also a bit like um, not not totally like it, but in the same kind of. Spit it out. Stop interrupting. The same kind of way, like a a, a father figure, who what is, film, Steve? Uh, Eyes without a face. I don't know what that is. Which I then was kind of remade with the Antonio Banderas one. What was that one called? Wait, hang on. That one. Skin I live in. Yeah. Yeah. Hang on. Wait, there was a there was a first one. Eyes without a face. Oh wait, that Les old film. Visage. That's black the and French, white. Yeah, you got me. It. Yes, there. yes, yes. So it's that kind of. Okay, I haven't seen that one, but you've seen it. I have. Okay, so you think it's kind of similar. Kind of similar in story or what happens, but not maybe not story, but yeah. But you you also mentioned the cabinet of Doctor Caligari. That very, I would agree there. Yeah, that's really good. Just yeah. watch that one. Oh, are the you know the moon one? Which one? Yeah, that's the thing. What I said to you when we came out was it's very almost like a theater play that you're watching. Um and you know the one with the moon that the, the rocket hits the moon. Oh, oh George like, Millet. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. That's free on like YouTube just to watch. Oh yeah. But yeah, it would remind you of that kind of style. So like, if all of that is just your kind of thing, you should be watching this film. Yeah, I think. it's very expressionism. Yeah. yeah. So will we leave it there? We'll leave it there. We'll leave um, it there. This is the end of our potato chunk. Yeah, potato chunks. It's a I love chunk, that. Though. It was a fairly big chunk, but that's okay. Like mm. it's not an hour long. You know what I mean. And um, I just say, unlike other podcasts where they will put this behind a paywall, even though they're supposed Steve. to be doing true crime. For God's sake! This is free. <laughs> Steve, take that, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> you're a little bitch. Yeah, you're yeah. sitting here like a little bitch. <laughs> that's what you're doing. <laughs> Oh, look, we're going now. Anyway, and yeah, we hope you enjoyed this. Um, We will try and do a few more, like, just with films that sometimes we... Sometimes we watch films and we're just like, yeah, we could do a little... We'll talk about that one. We could do a little a little one about that. Well, it's getting into a big one now. Yeah, okay, we'll leave it there now. Um, yeah, let us know I thought this was going to be five it. minutes. <laughs> what? Five minutes? Yeah, then you pull out your fucking architecture I know, I was monthly. expecting, like, yeah, 20 to half an hour. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's what I was expecting. Okay. Uh, well, I at least I was ready. Well, after edits, it'll probably come down about ten I, minutes. There's anyway. no editing. What? No. Okay. Um. The. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Everyone, go watch it. It's really good. We liked it. See it while you can. And thank you so much to the Lighthouse Cinema for showing it in thirty-five millimeter because otherwise no we one else does. No, no one else. Like we wouldn't have gotten well, to see it. Yeah, that's the thing. Only two cinemas in Ireland have actual old film projectors that can show it. And I know Lighthouse were showing it again in 35mm and they also had the cinematographer Robbie Ryan with them. Oh yeah, them. it was this weekend. That, was, that happened. It was like a and a with him. Yeah. Which is amazing as well. That's so good. Like, mm. you know, well, I would have loved to have went but like the effort but also <laughs> I would have loved to. But um, yeah, anyway, okay. Bye. Bye. Uh.